0: I'm Michelle and I'm, wait, am I the straight-laced
1: psychotherapist? I thought I was going to be the unconventional hypnotherapist and you were going to be the super serious trauma specialist.
0: No, you were going to be the relationship expert, like love expert.
1: And you're going to be the specialist who guides people with down-to-earth techniques for transmuting trauma? Yeah, yeah, that's me. Okay, good. I'll be the love expert. I mean, I am the love expert. I think we have this all sorted out. I'm Laura Richer, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And I'm Michelle Mooney, a
0: therapist at AnchorLite, and this is Holding Ground. Today and every Monday, we've got a little bit of everything
1: for you. Shall we? Yeah, let's do this. Good morning. Welcome to Holding Ground. This is Laura Richer and I am the founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington. And as always, my co-host Michelle Mooney is here with me, and she is our resident trauma therapist. We're live on 1150 AM KKNW Talk Radio, but you can also stream this show anytime on the KKNW website or just search Holding Ground on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast forms. All right. So good morning, Michelle. How are you this morning? Good morning, Laura. I'm
0: great. Good morning to our listeners. Happy to be here. And today's episode is around anxiety.
1: Yes, it is. So we found an interesting fact. Not long ago, the Anxiety and Depression Association of America published a pretty sobering warning that included some really straightforward words about what we're going to be talking about today. And they said, during this time of national crisis, we must manage two things simultaneously. Protect ourselves from the uh, coronavirus mm-hmm. and protect ourselves from anxiety. Right. Right. And the truth is that the mental health indications of this time are just as serious as the virus itself. Wouldn't you agree, Michelle? Oh, absolutely. Definitely a side effect or a symptom, if we want to call it that, of what's going on right now. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Not to mention this is an especially challenging time for people who have already been suffering from anxiety disorders. Um yeah. and for those who don't know, some common anxiety disorders include generalized anxiety disorder, panic disorder, specific phobias, which could include a fear of, of illness itself or a fear of getting yes. sick, and also any other mental health challenges are being exacer- exacerbated at this time. So today we're going to talk about anxiety, the A to Z of anxiety. Um, and whether it's people are feeling anxious about the virus, the economy itself, Politics, social unrest, or maybe something all together different, specific to their own lives. This is a show that you're not going to want to miss if you're worried about anxiety. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Don't be worried about it. (laughs) (laughs) That's the first step. Don't be worried about it. Just stop being worried. Okay.
1: (laughs) Um, So thank you,
0: Laura, for getting us started. And I'm glad we're really diving into this topic right now. I think it is really important. And again, a symptom, a side effect of what's going on, like you said. Um, People worrying about getting sick but also all of the things that you know everything Mm -hmm. else that's going on is prompting a lot of fear so and you know like you said anxiety isn't something new people have had this for a very long time but I would
1: say most people will have if not all people will have some sort of bout with anxiety during their lifetime to varying degrees from Mm -hmm. just maybe like being a little hyper vigilant all the way to having panic attacks.
0: Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And situational anxiety. Right. So we can have those times where, OK, this one thing's going on. It's bringing up a lot of anxiety for us. Um, and yeah, those mm-hmm. symptoms are all the same. Yeah. For that as well. So, yeah. Not something new. But, you know, I'm sure a lot of people that are listening today have seen and heard a lot of um, things about anxiety increasing right now. And, you know, the really good thing is with the raise in mental health in terms of how we're talking about it now. People are talking about it, realizing, oh, maybe this is something that I do need to ask for help for. Mm -hmm. And because we're talking about mental health a lot more, people have a lot less shame around getting help, which is really great. So um, and knowing that it's okay to get help. So so far in the show, we've talked mostly about depression, trauma and relationships. But anxiety joins that and can disrupt those things as well or exasperate them.
1: Yes. And it is important to talk about right now, because for some people, this might be the first time they're experiencing anxiety that up until this point, maybe they didn't have this level of fear in Mm -hmm. their lives and it's really triggered something for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I'm glad we really break things down like this. So
0: we've had, you know, again, such increased awareness around people's differing differing experiences right now. And what feels linear and straightforward to some might not feel that way at all to others. So hopefully this episode helps. We want to kick off our alphabets today for us, Laura.
1: Yes, we are going to be going from A to Z, hitting almost every letter along the way and offering up some uh, insight for each letter. So Mm -hmm. first, let's start with letter A, which is, of course, for anxiety. And Mm -hmm. what is anxiety? actually. Anxiety is essentially anticipating the worst case scenario, and that can trigger a physical response in your body. But typically, anxiety, not always, but typically it will start with a thought, a fearful thought Mm -hmm. that we start to fixate on. And then we start to build a narrative around that thought and Mm -hmm. what could potentially happen in the future. Mm -hmm. And so for me, whenever I am working with clients who have anxiety, we talk about what are the thoughts that are coming up for them? And almost, they're almost always future-oriented thoughts. And when we go way out into the future, it's usually terrible. It's terrifying. We're sick. We're old. We're poor. We're, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. all the worst-case uh, scenario. And so, you know, we often want to try to bring those thoughts back to the present moment, which mm-hmm. is not easy to do. The mind goes on. The direction it wants to go yeah, and it travels down these roads yeah. where, yeah,
0: we really it's not healthy for our brains to go. And to kind of back up for a second in terms of how anxiety is a function for us. Right. We that's a signal to us that maybe we it's a survival skill, essentially dangers coming. So, like, let's look back to like maybe caveman days. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Something's running at us, you know, our body's kind of okay. What am I going to do to be safe in that situation? So it can be these alarm bells that originally func- function in um, survival, but um, then they can kind of just go off the rails, like what you're saying. So, yes. Yes. Yeah. And
1: so we need, you know, we need to have that. We need to know to have that adrenaline rush when the car in front of us stops suddenly and mm-hmm. we have to slam on our brakes. We need mm-hmm. that to be able to function in those situations. Mm-hmm. But what anxiety does is it it starts to show up even when we're not in mm-hmm. a fight-or-flight situation, when we are just sitting in our living rooms watching a rerun of Friends and all of a sudden the mind goes, well, yep. what about in the future when the economy crashes or when I get really sick or mm-hmm. my parents get really sick? And then you're often running, having an anxious experience when really you're just sitting in your living room watching TV. Exactly. And again, all these
0: extra prompts now for anxiety jobs. When are the schools going to open? Should they open? You know, things that are going on with the government, but even how our relationships with others are, you know, might be affected by this. So kind of like what you're talking about is that fear of the future. That's anticipatory anxiety. So this is over what might possibly happen. So. Um, you know, we're doing the dishes. We like to talk about doing the dishes a lot, on the yeah. but we're doing <laughs> the dishes. Mine are never getting done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's still not helping anything <laughs> yeah. in my actual life, yeah. but you know, maybe if I just, you know, have more anxiety about it, but anyway, we can be doing something a routine activity like that. And then those thoughts can be mm-hmm. intrusive and we can kind of go down that road. We can kind of lose touch with where we're, what we're doing. Right. So kind of trying to bring ourselves back into the moment. So maybe in that, example, right? Okay, feeling the water again. Okay, the texture of the plate, whatever it is to kind of re- rein in your focus again and kind of get off of those what if what ifs. And yeah. like we're saying, it can be difficult to do that. So we're going to talk about maybe ways to uh, make it, it more manageable for all yes. of us. Yes.
1: You know, and I and I also want to, I think it's important to identify that the function of the anxious brain is it wants to control the mm-hmm. outcome of situations, that yeah. we're trying to prevent negative outcomes. And so a lot of times anxiety When you see somebody who's in a very anxious state, they might even appear to be very controlling. They're trying to manage their environment. But the one thing I think to remember, especially with anticipatory anxiety, is that, you know, we don't really have that much control Mm -hmm. and that we will respond as things come up. So if that worst case scenario was to show up, like a global pandemic, for example, we will respond to that when it happens which we have done yeah? right yeah exactly or better or worse yeah
0: no one's no one expected this no one had anxiety no. over this I don't well, think probably some people did. I know maybe people like <laughs> earlier generation yeah right so we you know and so how would have anxiety functioned for us in that moment probably not very well and yeah now it's happened now we're coping with it now yeah. we're surviving the best we can so you know kind of reminding ourselves over that like this thing I was you know confronted with the pandemic in 2020 I got through that without any preparation mm-hmm. so So, you know, we are can get through other things things. after this. Yeah, yeah.
1: And so all we do when we focus on those things is we're living that experience when there's probably Mm -hmm. a good chance that it's not even going to happen anyway. So that takes me to our next letter in the alphabet, which Mm -hmm. is the letter B for bad news. And there is a lot of bad news out there right now, which is really triggering this response. What if, again, I get sick or person that i don't want to win the election wins the election or and the and these thoughts all of the news that we see on tv right now can trigger an anxiety response because let's be honest news is very is Mm -hmm. focused on the negative 99.9 percent of the time um and so there's and i think the trend right now in in news media is to everything is a Uh, breaking news and this horrible thing is just infotainment right yeah they they keep you hooked in you know with that fear and that sort of thing right so that's triggering our anxiety response Mm -hmm. all the time and giving us lots of opportunities to start to tell ourselves stories about Mm -hmm. what the worst thing is that could happen
0: yeah yeah so you know not to discount you know wanting to stay informed and staying up on current events Mm -hmm. but it's not good to binge watch these sort of things so i have a lot of clients right now that are struggling with this and they're like gosh you know i just sit there and watch the news all day and you're just confronting yourself over and over again with be bad news right that can't really be healthy for any of us and we can get what we need um, from the news with small doses and another thing this is being discussed a lot on social media so a lot of clients I'll recommend okay you watch six hours of news a day Mm -hmm. how about 45 minutes get get the top stories what you need to know and go on with your day maybe limit social media which is always good for so uh, anxiety anyway but especially right now cuz those conversations are so present and again it's important to express ourselves and get this information but if we're constantly consuming all of our time with that it's it's not helpful to anyone no
1: and if it's not bothering you watch as much news as you want to watch sure, there's I no think. it's not a problem but i am seeing and i know you are too with a mm-hmm. lot of clients who are starting to become really overwhelmed and they kind of they feel like it's their their civic duty to take it in and to and to be on top of yeah. things, and that can be really great if it's, if it's supporting you in doing something positive. If it's overwhelming you, if it's causing you to shut down, if you're not doing anything because you're so stressed out by it, then that's, that's not benefiting anybody. Mm-hmm. So the intention is I want to be you know, a good citizen and know what's going on in the world, but if it's having the opposite impact, then, then dial it back. And the other thing is you're going to know what's happening. I mean, I personally don't really watch very much news, But my partner watches the news sometimes, so I hear it in the background. I, you know, have social media, so I get little blips of things that mm-hmm. if there is something big that happens I'll say like oh I'm gonna go to Google and look up what is this I didn't hear about this mm-hmm. but I am fully aware of what's going on in the news without ever even watching it
0: yeah yeah, yeah. and I'll, I joke around about this but this is actually kind of true for me sometimes like I'll catch up by watching the late night segment segments in yeah. a lot of ways <laughs> like they cover this stuff right yeah. and then they kind of do it within a humorous manner which is kind of easier to take in in a yes. lot of ways yeah
1: yeah so So if you are, you know, a real news junkie and it doesn't have a negative impact on you and you can take it all in and you want every single detail, great. But if you find you're having anxiety because of it, just Mm -hmm. like you said, go down to half an hour a day. You're still going to get the highlights. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So moderation is really the key to everything, right? Exactly. So we're going to pause for just a second here and take a quick break. And then we will come back and continue on with the A to Z of anxiety. And you are listening to Holding Ground.
2: Five things you need to know about measles in 30 seconds. The vaccine was developed in 1963, and measles became rare in the U.S., but low vaccination rates are now causing outbreaks that may put you at risk. Measles is highly contagious and spreads easily when an infected person breathes or coughs. Measles can have serious complications and can be deadly. It's also easy to prevent with a vaccine that's safe and effective. Please make sure you and your loved ones are vaccinated. Learn more at nfid.org measles.
1: Thanks for tuning in to our brand new show, Holding Ground. You can find us here every Monday morning at 9 a.m. I'm Laura Richer, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective.
0: And I'm Michelle Mooney, the co-host of Holding Ground, a therapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Our passion, our one big thing in life, above and beyond love, relationships, trauma, addiction, and healing. Our specialty is helping others. Every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com.
2: Alternative Talk 1150, local talk for the body, mind, and soul.
0: Welcome back to Holding Ground. Uh, We just want to remind you, you can find us on social media. So you can find us on Instagram, Holding Ground Talk Radio, or Anchor Light Therapy. And on Facebook, we are Anchor Light, or I'm sorry, yeah, Anchor Light Therapy Collective and Holding Ground. We're also on YouTube. So if you ever want to listen to us on YouTube, Maybe sometimes we have live recorded shows. We don't talk about that too much, but there's a couple on there if you actually want to see what we look like we when do you're doing this. We might this.
1: do a few more of those yeah. if you can
0: get ready in the morning. Yeah, so subscribe, subscribe to our channel, and you never know when that will come up. Um, Of course, our website, uh, www.anchorlighttherapy.com, and... You can schedule your free consultation. Yeah. If you're struggling with anxiety right now and you want to know
1: how we might be able to help Mm -hmm. you, go to anchorlighttherapy.com. And we offer a complimentary 20-minute consultation Mm -hmm. where we can give you a few ideas of how you can manage anxiety during this stressful time. Yep.
0: And then, of course, the KKNW website, and you can find us on this station 1150 a.m. every Monday at 9 a.m. So today we're going through the A to Z's of anxiety. So not all the 26 letters. We couldn't make them all work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And we only have a certain amount of time, but, um, you know, we're really talking about the very uh, pervasive and widespread experiences in our society right now around anxiety and how to uh, manage it and cope better with it. Yeah. So what do we have up next, Michelle? So,
1: next up, we have C for cold water. So, you wouldn't normally think of cold water when you think of anxiety, but <laughs> cold water is an amazing anxiety remedy. So, when you cool down your body temperature, your system responds by moving fresh blood in your body, and anxiety may cause an increase in blood pressure. So, in theory, the co- like a cold shower, for example, will help bring it down, mm-hmm. um, and it also, your it, and I know you can explain this a little bit more. What is this called? What is this response called, Michelle? So um, often in DBT,
0: for example, we'll call it a, dip, uh, a tip skill. So essentially, tip skills are anything that are distress tolerance skills. So mm-hmm. with the cold water idea, here is um, one thing we'll recommend is having like a bowl of ice water and actually recommending that clients like put their face into that mm-hmm. or. Holding their wrists where, you know, you can really hit the blood vessels under very cold water. So that's and a good tip sh- if you're at work. Just go into the bathroom, yes. turn
1: on the cold water,
0: and yes. let it run on your wrists. And that yeah. will help bring anxiety down. Because yeah. it shocks our system. So then automatically our system goes from all this emotional flooding of what if, what if, to, okay, this is really cold. How do we survive this? Yeah. So it becomes a body function more than an emotional function. So it really can get you to snap out of anxiety, panic attacks. It's really good. It's
1: really, it's good. really effective it's really for helpful. panic. Because it, yep. it breaks that train that anxious train of thought in your brain and your your mind wants to focus on something else so if you don't want to ruin your makeup and put your face in a cold <laughs> thing of ice that might water cause a whole different <laughs> set of anxiety i hope i'm wearing the waterproof <laughs> mascara that day a little primer yeah so then just put your wrists under the water but the 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 trick with putting your face, there's something about mm-hmm. putting your face in the water that if you really are having an intense, anxious response and you're in a place where you can do that, that's mm-hmm. actually super effective. Or a cold shower as well. Yeah. Although I'm, cold showers a lot for me. Especially right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we're, we're all in Seattle like, is not really 85? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, So, yeah. Our next letter is D. So mm-hmm. D is for a sense of dread or impending doom. So again, too much bad news, unchecked anticipa- anticipation, needing to be aware if that dra- dread and uh, doom is in ourselves. Barrier to and they can be barriers to our overall enjoyment of life and our quality of life. Um, just that again, sense of like what's coming next, like what next could. Uh, catastrophic thing is coming right this pandemic happened you know so you know it kind of creates the what if what if what if um so
1: and I think that's something with dread that's interesting and uh can be challenging in understanding anxiety and how to resolve it is sometimes you know we talk about those negative train of thoughts but sometimes it's just the sense of dread that you don't even know what it's associated to you just wake up in the morning and you're like ugh, I yeah. just I feel like something bad's about to happen I don't even know mm-hmm. what it is but yeah we're very much in that state right now yeah. So yeah waking up and like
0: you know we have those like 30 seconds of peace like oh that was a great sleep and there's the cat and then it's like oh wait now I yeah. have to face this day it was gonna, gonna be in my voicemail at work yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what name's gonna pop up in my email <laughs> yeah. yeah that sort of thing so yeah so when that dread and doom kind of take over it's um it's really indicative of you know a barrier again to our overall overall wellness
1: and i also think if you're experiencing that you don't even really know what it's associated with like if things overall seem okay we might want to go back to that bad news piece like are you taking in too much negative feedback maybe mm-hmm. it needs whether it's needing that dread, yeah, that doom, news right? or anything else maybe you have a friend who's constantly in a state of crisis and negativity like sometimes we have to limit how much of that we can take in cuz our we start to have an anxious response to it all right, Michelle, let's move on to E. And of course, E is your specialty. So this is all you. Excitement? No, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe too much of that causes anxiety. No, so
0: <laughs> E stands for EMDR. So uh, we've talked about this on a previous show. It's actually episode six. Um, and that one may have been video recorded. That you one was. If you see that in person. person, Yeah. So that's a good one to kind of show the actual physical practice of how EMDR works. But again, it's a therapeutic uh, intervention. People most commonly associate it with um, trauma, but it can ki- it can help with it. things like anxiety, especially you know these phobias, like fears of leaving the house. Right now is a really big one, right? I'm just gonna stay inside, shut the shade. So, um, it can be really good for that. So, um, also physical pain and any l- adverse life experiences. So, processing these experiences. Is of anticipation and fear where did we first learn to become really scared and kind of being able to travel back there healing some of that so yeah EMDR and anxiety
1: yes because if you've experienced trauma you're probably experiencing anxiety mm-hmm. as a side effect of that and mm-hmm. so going back and processing past trauma can be really effective and as we've mentioned before this is a traumatic experience that we're all having right now, and we're experiencing it in different ways and to different degrees. I mean, some people have lost loved ones, and you know, have had experienced or have gotten sick themselves, and have experienced a high level of trauma. Some of us are just haven't been personally impacted, but are aware of what's going on in the world, and that feels traumatic. Mm-hmm. So. Trauma comes in all different Mm -hmm. sizes and shapes, but this overall, I think we are having a collective traumatic experience. And if you find that it's having an impact on your ability to function, EMDR would be a really good therapy to try.
0: Absolutely. Thank you, Laura. So next up, we have F. So F is for feeling better. And we want to remind everyone, you can. We also kind of want to say if you're anywhere in the state of Washington, you can feel free to reach out to us. We do telehealth right now. So this is also and in person. Um, So this is a good time to really talk about anxiety, and you can find a therapist that way. So, as with anything we do in therapy, you know, it's whatever really works best for you and making that personal investment and commitment into therapy. So Everyone's different. There's no formula really for easing pain and making life more manageable. It's really meeting the client where they're at and tailoring a plan to um, how they will feel better. Um, But on average, a lot of people ask us this question. Most clients will see a therapist for maybe 10 to 15 sessions in order to receive or achieve results. But again, it's based on your own personal experience. If you want to come in and just talk to somebody twice, that could help you, um, and if it ends up being several years, let's say, which, again, we don't, we don't want <laughs> you to stick in therapy that long. The goal of our work is to get you out of there at some yes. point, right? Yes. Um, but, again, if if there's extra things that need to be processed, if you're living – Let's say in an uh, environment where you are exposed to complex trauma, so the same thing is happening to you over and over and over again. Um, you know, you may want to stay in therapy a little bit longer. But anyway, F is for feeling better. So
1: I think this is so important to let people who are suffering from anxiety to know. Anxiety can be so intense, um, especially if you're suffering from panic attacks or panic disorder or any. Uh, really any form of anxiety. Um, I had a personal experience with anxiety several years ago where I was having panic attacks. And it's so debilitating and it's so scary that you start to have the thought, I am all- is it always going to be like this? Is yeah. this ever going to go away? And it, it does. You can you can heal from anxiety. You can heal from panic disorder. There are a lot of things that you can do. And I know I when I struggled with anxiety and I started talking to friends because you kind of get desperate. Like, how am yeah. I going to get past this? And I was so surprised how many of my friends said, I've also had panic attacks before. I've mm-hmm. also had bouts of anxiety. And them telling me how they healed from it was healing in itself just to know that it was something that you can get past because it does feel like it's never going to go away when you're dealing with serious anxiety. And sharing with
0: others can really kind of validate our experiences. Well, mm-hmm. you have felt that way. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying has been my internal, yeah. like, torture, my internal experience all this time. So, you know, reaching
1: out to others can be very valuable in that way. And And you might be surprised to find out how many people have dealt with the exact same thing. I know I was. Even some of my male friends who I wouldn't have considered would say that they suffered from panic attacks were Mm -hmm. like, oh, Mm -hmm. yeah, I know exactly what that is. Yeah, Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think it's really important to call out that, you know, even though we're therapists, we can struggle with things like this, too. We've had experiences. I've definitely had anxiety issues and um, a small example of that is when I started working with Laura and she's like, "Hey, what do you think about being on the radio?" I was like, "You know, maybe at some point down the road." Yeah, I like, can great, ease we're into starting that. Next Monday. Yeah, yeah, and you're like, so we're recording that intros and <laughs> outros this Monday and I was like, and this just happened It kind of like laid him in, fell into my lap and, and What did so, you do to work through that? Oh gosh. Um definitely talked to my own therapist, which I think is another important call out that therapists should also be in therapy yes. or have had the experience of therapy at some point mm-hmm. in their life. A, they didn't know how it works and B, You know, we need that extra support sometimes when, you know, we're working, especially in these times. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So definitely talk to my therapist about it. I actually have had the experience too, and the gift of being able to um, be a client with EMDR, and this was actually really helpful. And it won't necessarily get into the like whole trail that we went down, but essentially it was neutralizing some experiences I had earlier on in life, where I learned, you know, if I speak in front of other people, it's not going to go well. I might not be supported, all of that. Um, so it's actually really helped me with this. I would say I, uh, I'm not perfect <laughs> yet, but you know, walking through the fear is another thing. Like right. I started working with Flora. Part of it was doing the radio show. I, you know, in some ways, I didn't really have a choice, and which is good. It's been really good for uh, my experience. So, not that we necessarily recommend exposure therapy. Like you're really terrified of this thing, we'll just go do it. But noticing in yourself, like if I am trying these things that would normally hold me back, right? I mean, getting to do this is an experience I never thought I'd be <laughs> doing, right? So it can be very valuable to walk through that fear. And if you're guided through a therapist, um, do a little EMDR, yep. if that's helpful. Um, it can really guide you in that experience. And then you can be like, oh, wow, I'm doing this really scary thing.
1: You know, in exposure therapy, I think, depending on what it is you're fearful of, like if you're afraid of um, – a house fire. I wouldn't recommend going setting your house, house on, on fire, fire right? just to live through
0: that experience. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I, I don't
1: this. I'm a survivor. Um <laughs> That might not work. But, you know, if you have social anxiety, exposing yourself to more social situations, if you have a fear of public speaking, speaking in public, I mean, be doing the things that you're if you have a fear of leaving your house, if you're agoraphobic, you're going to want to practice leaving your house. At the same time, you're not going to want to just you know, throw yourself into a terrifying mm-hmm. situation. If you're afraid of speaking in public, don't start with a speaking engagement of 50,000 people. Maybe you just <laughs> yeah, I don't at think your, I like, ever get to group. that yeah. point.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, and also uh, kind of touching back to like my experience doing EMDR around that. So yes, I think we talk a lot about like we travel back to these experiences and we kind of process those. But like for my experience, you know, my therapist was guiding me, you know, I had this social anxiety experience around, actually, we talked about it (laughs) before vaguely on a show about, like, forgetting your lines in a high school musical, Um, you know, I froze, and so from, I think early on, I I had some issues, but we went back to that memory, and my therapist guided me, and she's like, now, I want you to imagine if, you know, a strong support system would have been there, like, picture your sister in the audience, picture, picture your grandparents, and now rethink that memory, and it's like, Oh it's it feels better cuz you're integrating that with a more positive experience. So um it's really cool. Yes, very cool. Mm-hmm. So
1: if you have any interest in working through anxiety, check out EMDR cuz it can definitely help you. Yes. So,
0: not to jump around from F to E, so
1: yeah. we were on F <laughs> <laughs> but feeling better yes. sometimes, yeah, that's part of the process. So that is and you can. Yep. Feeling better is possible. I think just knowing that is very important and We wouldn't be therapists if we didn't believe that you could feel better. Mm -hmm. So next we're going to move on to G, and G is for goal. And as we kind of mentioned before, the goal is not to avoid the things Mm -hmm. that cause stress and anxiety. So actually exposing yourself to some of those things, depending on what your anxiety is around, can actually be very beneficial. And it can help you have the experience of working through that situation so you become less anxious as you're in it. So just like you, Michelle, I was afraid of public speaking. I used to participate in a networking group where we had to stand up and say our one minute commercial for our business once a week and I'd feel <laughs> like I was gonna pass out every time I had to stand up and do that. Sure. A friend of mine who was in that group would make fun of me because I would like slither back down into my chair after <laughs> right. that. Don't look at me.
0: I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I mean, I'm feeling a little anxious hearing yeah. the story, yes. Laura.
1: So yeah. But in doing that, I started to become used to it. And then but at the end of that experience I wasn't it wasn't uh, stressful for me, but mm-hmm. it took going into that experience and being really uncomfortable to be able to work through it and working through that anxiety. And same with the radio show. The first time I did the radio show, I was very nervous. You know, after a couple of years, it doesn't have the same impact. So, mm-hmm. So that can be really beneficial. So the goal isn't to avoid the anxiety, but to just make room for it and also to have some – Um, compassion for yourself. You know, maybe you have a phobia that is really irrational, but in going like, gosh, why am I so stupid? Why am I afraid of this? Saying like, okay, this is what's coming up for me right now. This is just something that I need to work on and not putting a layer of shame on it because that, I promise, won't make you feel better.
0: No, no, shame is definitely an enemy. Shame is just a way that we continue to talk to ourselves in a negative way. So, and going back to that goal piece, so a lot of people will come in, you know, my goal is to feel less anxious. Okay, great, yeah, Um, but... Uh, One question I really like to ask clients is, well, how would you know you're less anxious? What would it be like if you were less anxious? Right. And like, oh, I would perform better at work or I'd have this, you know, less social anxiety, et cetera. Okay, so now those are the more targeted goals. And it really kind of gives us a focus. Right. Um, Getting to that root again of where the anxiety is. So next letter, I from insomnia. So. Insomnia can really be a key indicator that um, anxiety is coming up for us a lot. We can't shut our brains down. We're staying up way too late. Again, this, you know, this environment of fear that we're in now. So if you're unable to sleep due to intrusive thoughts, um, you you know, and a lot of times we lay down and that's when we are, quote unquote, resting our brains. But that's when all that stuff can come out and we want to. You know, there's a lot of sleep hygiene things we can do around that. A lot of times, I'll recommend um, reducing the blue light on your phone or devices. There's a lot of apps that are helpful in that, so you your phone kind of transitions to more warmer light it kind of deactivates that brain but you know that can't sometimes that's not the only thing right we have a lot of sleep hygiene things that we can talk about in therapy um but you know sleep is a foundation of how we function if we're getting two hours of sleep every night and then expected to go to our you know really busy jobs and function for 50 hours a week guess what you're not Mm going to do a very good job and you're not going to feel
1: good yeah Yes. Sleep is so important. So and it's different for everyone. But if you're having trouble sleeping and you're laying awake with anxious and racing thoughts or if you're waking up out of a dead sleep with a panicked thought, that means that there's probably some anxiety issues that that we want to take a look at and work on resolving or you just need to turn your TV off and your phone off and all of the outside stimulation which I'm very guilty of falling asleep with the TV on but
0: yeah put on a guided so meditation yeah. you know some soothing white noise um we won't give away all of our sleep hygiene tips <laughs> today <laughs> but there's a lot of them that we can really do to calm that mind and we like to teach those in therapy
1: and just do, giving yourself that self-care can help reduce anxiety cuz we have whether we like it or not we have to be able to sleep at least I don't know what the minimum is. I need like eight or nine hours of sleep. I think so the minimum is like
0: 13, right? I mean, <laughs> I feel like that's a good balance. Uh, but yeah, exactly. So it does vary from person to person.
1: All right. So letter L is something that I love to work on with clients. And really, whether it's anxiety or any issue that's coming up in your life, sometimes this is the culprit. And that is low self-esteem. And so low Self esteem is a a belief that you're not good enough, basically in some sort of way. Maybe it'll be in one aspect of your life. Maybe it'll be in every aspect of your life. So, that's the core of the work that I do with clients. Who and and as we've talked about in previous shows, I do a lot of work with people who are struggling in relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but anxiety can also be a side effect of struggling in your relationship, struggling in your career, struggling even just with negative self negative self talk. So. Um, working through issues around self-esteem can be very helpful in reducing anxiety and just having a better life experience all around. Even yeah. It's not fun to feel like you're not enough. Yeah. So if I have
0: this um, low self-esteem, let's say, around my appearance, right, that's going to make leaving the house, going on dates, any, you know, making a presentation at work – if that narrative is going over and over again, I'm not attractive, I'm ugly, people are thinking I'm ugly, you know, getting into that mind reading space, mm-hmm. which is not helpful for yes. anxiety whatsoever. Right? What are other people thinking that's, thinking that's going to give you anxiety? Yeah, I have to pick the perfect outfit because I have to present, you know, physically well in some sort of way. And so if we don't have that a self-esteem around that, again, it's going to be a barrier to our functioning. Absolutely.
1: All right, so the next is letter M, and I'm going to say that M stands for Michelle Mooney. Oh, so that's
0: like (laughs) M-N-M. Not that anyone's ever called me that fourth grade teacher. Shout out. Don't remember your name. Um, But um, (laughs) anyway, so yeah, we were talking about personal experiences around anxiety a little bit earlier. Um, So, you know, to give another example, let's talk about panic. So um, I, (laughs) it's kind of funny. I I do have a fear of heights in a lot of ways. Um, Oh, me too. Yeah, and I I, oh yeah, we were talking about that. That's why you put your back to the window. I'm just kidding. Ridiculous. Yeah. So um so a good example of that, and it's really funny because I love roller coasters. I love flying. Like if I feel secure in Mm -hmm. heights, I'm okay. Um, but let's say I'm walking across a bridge, like Deception Pass, for instance, oh, God, for instance yeah. I would love to be able to walk across that bridge, but my body is just like danger, like looking down. My body can tense up. I can start to feel lightheaded. So it's like, OK, I went five feet. Yay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm going to go back or going in the car is fine. Um, but there's limitations to that. And if I'm doing that on my own, I just can't can't do it so yeah. um maybe i'll start working on that in therapy next
1: um there you go <laughs> yes. i don't you know and if you're okay with it i just don't even think i'm going to work on it mm-hmm. i think i'm going to just be. yeah exactly yeah. that's an okay one
0: but talking about like, the experience of how miserable it is both emotionally and physically right your heart starts racing, so Yeah. your chest hurts. You might not be able to breathe well. Um, getting that feeling of I'm going to faint, right? Mm-hmm. All of those things are just can be really miserable um,
1: Anxiety that. is very, very physical, and that's why so many people who are having panic attacks end up in the emergency room, and yeah. they're shocked when the doctor says you had a panic attack. Mm-hmm. Their, their response is, no, you don't understand. Like I, I was my having chest, a heart attack. I'm having a heart attack. That's yeah. why
0: I came in. Yep. I'm having a heart attack. Um, people do think because the physical response, like you said, is so yeah. strong. Um, and, yeah, it's a very common thing for people to go to the ER with panic attacks. because so. uh-huh.
1: It really feels like you are having a heart attack. Another one that I see a lot in therapy is people have the sense that they're going crazy, that their anxiety yeah. is so heightened that they're starting to lose their minds. And I always tell people who are in that state, which it's very normal that that happens to people who have intense anxiety you know, if you were actually losing your mind, you wouldn't know. So the fact that you're very aware of this means that you're, you're not losing your mind that it is just anxiety. Yeah, yeah, you're
0: if you're in touch with your thoughts, if you're in touch with your physical sensations, you can really figure that out sometimes for yourself, but other people can't, especially if it's a first timer. So let's say the someone The first time you how would you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. What is going on? My chest is beating. I can't, you know, and again, like uh, people mistake it for a heart attack a lot.
1: Yes, cuz it's a very terrifying experience. But mm-hmm. That's what's going on when you're super anxious is that you're so hypervigilant to every sensation in your body that it becomes mm-hmm. overwhelming. So there's a very physical component to anxiety. Mm-hmm. All right, Michelle, now let's keep going. What are we on next?
0: It uh, looks like we're going to take a break.
1: Okay. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Bees for a break. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we'll be right back. You're I'm listening holding to Holding Ground, ground on KKW. Yeah. Hi, I'm Arielle Winter. If you're anything like me, your pets are not only your best friends, they're part of your family. American Humane, which has been rescuing animals like Cleo here for more than 100 years, has life-saving tips that can make a big difference before, during, and after disasters such as hurricanes, tornadoes, floods, or wildfires. So when disaster strikes, you want to be prepared to protect them. Be sure to microchip or tag your pets. Never leave them behind in a major crisis, and be sure to have an emergency kit ready in your home at all times, with a pet crate or carrier, leash, blanket, ID, and medications, their water bowl, and 7 to 10 days worth of food. To find out how to protect your entire family during a disaster and help our best friends in their worst times, please visit AmericanHumane.org. Thanks for tuning in to our brand new show, Holding Ground. You can find us here every Monday morning at 9 a.m. I'm Laura Richard, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective.
0: And I'm Michelle Mooney, the co-host of Holding Ground, a therapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Our passion, our one big thing in life, above and beyond love, relationships, trauma, addiction, and healing. Our specialty is helping others. Every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com.
2: Alternative Talk 1150, talk radio for the body, mind, and soul.
1: Welcome back to Holding Ground. I'm Laura Richer, founder of Anchor Light Therapy, and I'm here with my co-host and resident trauma therapist, Michelle Mooney. And today we are going through the A disease of anxiety, talking about both symptoms and remedies for anxiety. So if you're just tuning in, we just finished on the letter P, which is a doozy. P is for panic attacks. Mm -hmm. And we discussed the symptoms and a few remedies, maybe for panic attacks. So if you miss the first half, you can always rewind, list, rewind <laughs> or listen on the W website. Um, so now we are moving on. And Michelle, what are we doing next here? Our next letter is Q. So
0: we kind of jumped around a little bit here. We missed, yeah, we skip some because we want to get to the really poignant letters here
1: <laughs> so Q. and we just really couldn't think of everything well, something for letter.
0: so let's be honest <laughs> and about it's it. only a 15 minute show yeah. <laughs> so all in all so now we're on Q. so Q is for quiet which can really actually be an activator for anxiety so sometimes we're like turn down the volume you know mm-hmm. listen to white noise quiet is good and that is a good coping skill but for some folks it can just be an activator because then your
1: mind just starts chattering yeah. with all the fearful thoughts and mm-hmm. negative things yep so when you, so quiet can be, can induce anxiety, but it can also help anxiety too, right? You know, we talked a little bit about how too much noise can make it difficult for us to sleep, which can cause anxiety. Too much news can make it, we can just have all of these kind of fearful and anxious thoughts flowing around in our minds. Mm-hmm. So finding different ways to quiet your mind can actually, while initially it might bring up some anxiety, it actually can help. Mm-hmm. Some of those anxious right. thoughts. Because yes. our
0: environment gets quiet. If there's yeah, not enough sometimes stimuli or activity to distract us, then it's like, okay, now I need to sit with this. So for an example, right, a lot of us started working from home. And again, we're like, oh, I have all these goals for myself and it's going to be great. But it also made us stay at home mm-hmm. and be with ourselves more. And for some people that's been really unmanageable yep. because now, oh gosh, I have to look at all my stuff. And usually I was running a soccer practice and t- you know working 70 hours a week and sitting in traffic and doing all these things that were really distracting, You know, getting to go to the gym, getting to do yoga, all of those things while you know great um, we can learn that they do distract us from getting in touch with ourselves so it's kind of a double-edged sword in that kind of way so now we have to focus on ourselves more but for some people that just can be too much because they have a lot of stuff right that can lead them to come to therapy so for an example um a lot of there's a lot of extra noise going on right now especially if you live in an urban area um i can say i live um In the city of Seattle. So when a lot of the social demonstrations were going on, especially initially, there were a lot of like National Guard choppers going on overhead. And it was this constant like, you know, and I can hear like something like that now and kind of have this like sense of anxiety. But for some people, all that activity, again, was really a distraction. And when that goes away, then it's like, when is it coming again? Mm -hmm. Right. Am I going to hear that again? When is the next, you know, chaotic event? Yeah, Yeah. potentially going to come up. So, um, yeah, again, uncomfortable, quiet can really equal what is coming next.
1: Yes. And so the good thing, though, about quiet, because we can distract ourselves all the time and not focus on the things that are under the surface that are triggering anxiety. But at the same time, when you give yourself that space and that quiet and allow some of those things to come up, then you actually have the opportunity to address them. So even though we avoid things, they're not. It doesn't mean that they go away. It just mm-hmm. means we're avoiding them, and and the more we avoid them, usually they intensify until mm-hmm. they're so loud we're having a panic attack, and we have to address them because there's nothing else that we can do. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Sitting with ourselves, and again, this environment right now can really bring that up because we're not distracted anymore. So, speaking of distraction, what is next on our list here, Michelle? Lovely segue. So, S is for substance use, um, numbing behaviors, and um, also, you know, substance use is just one way of numbing, but also process addiction. So that is gambling, overspending, that is overeating, not eating at all. Um, all of those like process behaviors is why we call that process addictions. Um, and then, of course, substance use. So, um, you know, trying to distract ourselves, trying to not feel. So substance use, uh, process addictions can help us manage the symptoms, not feel how distressing it is until... Of course, the next
1: morning and all that stuff is still there. So
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And even
1: things that can essentially be good things can become numbing, such as work or, yep. uh, of course, we've all watched net- Netflix from A to Z over the last net- couple. Netflix, net- is that what you call
0: it? <laughs> is that something <laughs> I've that? I've never heard of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> um,
1: so, yeah. So, some of these things where we're just tuning out. And, you know, I think that it's important to, to identify that we do need a certain amount of numbing, right? We do need a little bit of self-soothing. We need the ability mm-hmm. to kind of shut our brains down a little bit. And if you can get that through uh, Netflix or, um, you know, even certain substances in moderation, it's not a problem. It's when you're doing it to a degree that you're avoiding, and that that avoidance is bringing up a lot of anxiety for you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And substances can actually cause anxiety. Right. So if you consume a lot of alcohol and then the next day you wake up, your body's going to be like, where is that substance? Right. That can induce a lot of anxiety symptoms, of course, like with other substances and of course, like gambling. Okay, as soon as I get paid, I'm going to go to the casino. Right. And that anticipation again and you know really activating so and yes you're right that we do need a certain amount of numbing right we need to read we need to take a bath because again like what we're talking about here is like our minds are racing our minds are racing so being able to find a healthy way an adaptive way because substance use and process addictions are maladaptive ways of handling things so finding adaptive ways to kind of numb and shut things down a little bit when we do need peace
1: yes and that and as long as it's not having a negative impact on your life if you are not suffering serious consequences from using substances or or other be numbing Mm -hmm. behaviors you know in moderation again moderation Mm -hmm. is the theme here is can be okay but oftentimes I've worked with so many clients over the years that will say like I have to drink until I fall asleep because I can't be with mm-hmm. my thoughts of anxiety but the problem is, is that the alcohol is triggering an anxiety response used in that way and so when you know you might feel okay while you're numbing but when you wake up in the morning your anxiety is going to be a hundred times worse mm-hmm. And you're not getting
0: in quality sleep when you're just trying to numb or shut down your brain in that way. Your body's not able to recover the same way from sleep because you're not just numbing your emotions. You're numbing how your body functions. So, I mean, that's important to keep in mind. Like, oh, I need this to sleep. Well, you're not actually sleeping. Mm -hmm. You're passed out more is what that is. And, you know, touching on that piece about, you know, a good time to know when these things are really disrupting our lives is when it's disrupting our relationships. Maybe we get in trouble with the law sometimes. You know, all of that can kind of compound and like, okay, this really is a maladaptive functioning. Now I have another reason to be anxious. My <laughs> no. relationships are failing.
1: I have legal issues,
0: financial yep. issues. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So it can compound, right, when we do that. So,
1: yeah. And it actually, substances are often tr- trigger panic attacks. So people mm-hmm. who abuse stimulants, alcohol, cannabis mm-hmm. that you you could actually make be making the situation much worse. Yeah. Yeah exactly. by self-medicating. Yep.
0: All right. So the next letter on our list is T for talk therapy. So obviously talk therapy can be effective with someone else with something as complex as anxiety. And then again in talk therapy we can get to the root of why we have that, where that may have came from and talking through
1: that and working through that. So Obviously, both Michelle and myself very much believe in talk therapy as talk therapists. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot that can be gained simply by just unpacking all the things that you're holding in your mind, that your mind is ruminating about, and just talking it through. Sometimes it can be that simple to just come in and have an unbiased person listen to Mm -hmm. what's going on and and be able to say hey there's some strategies for coping with this you can actually get better you there's a there's a way to overcome some of these obstacles
0: yeah in a peaceful place and a neutral place um you know sometimes i'll have clients you know pick out like a favorite tree you can sit up you see out the window you know and Mm -hmm. then just having that reflection that validation you know you're you're doing the best you can this isn't your fault
1: yeah yeah and getting to and you know, a lot of times we don't know exactly what's going on with the client and what is going, what's triggering their anxiety. But through the process of talking about it and mm-hmm. working through things as they come up, they actually come to their own answers, which is I think what the most, therapy actually yes. is, yeah. right?
0: You getting to your own answers, you understanding where your stuff comes from, and we're just there to kind of prompt that and guide you through it. yeah so, Yeah, yep. and we
1: can give you tips of how to, you know, things that you can try and strategies that you can use. But I often get clients who will say to me, "Well, just tell me what to do." Oh gosh. Which, <laughs> well, I don't really no, I'm not you. I, I could yeah. tell you what I would do. I could tell you what seems like a, a reasonable response. And, mm-hmm. and I can tell you if you're having super bad anxiety that maybe you need to cut back on substances or get more sleep or mm-hmm. have a little more quiet time. But in the end, the process of talk therapy is going to allow you to get to the root of whatever yeah is, is triggering anxiety in you. And that's
0: important because a lot of people don't always understand that. Um, I'm going to therapy. I'm going to get advice. It's going to be great. And it's like, no, you're going to come to therapy to unlock what you knew is always inside of you. Yes. Yep.
1: Because different people need – I use this example all the time. My parents told me so many things when I was a kid and and most – a lot of it, especially when I was a teenager, I thought, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. And then you have those moments as an adult where you go, oh, that's what they meant by that. Okay, that – that actually makes sense you know maybe you shouldn't spend every cent that you have or maybe mm-hmm. you should always be on time but it was through that self realization that i was like okay i could see why i would want to do that versus mm-hmm. when somebody's telling you something it's you know you may or may mm-hmm. not take it in typically you don't especially if you're a teenager listening to your parents.
0: <laughs> do we do that when we're teens? I know. Um, it's like, oh, that's what you're telling us to do. So I'm going to go ahead and do this opposite o- over here. But did
1: you have that moment around 30 where you're like, oh, yeah, ma- yeah, that did make sense. So that's something something to teach yourself or parents. There was grains. There yeah. was grains there. And
0: I think it's important to pick out, too, that parents can also um, and caregivers can um, sometimes um, unknowingly invalidate our anxiety. So I'm really worried about this thing. I'm struggling with this thing. And then, again, those... Um, let's see, suggestions or advice from other people, you know, we'll just calm down. Just Mm -hmm. stop, right? And then it's like, oh. Don't worry. Just don't worry about it. Yeah, so then that creates that shame, right? Well, I shouldn't be feeling this way. It's not okay for me to express my emotions. So, yes, tokens of good advice when it hits us, right? Yeah. And then also being mindful because that can be a root of where we, you know, first had anxiety and learned that it's not okay, right? That can create that narrative.
1: And that brings up a good point is that – Just don't worry is not treatment for anxiety. And people who have never genuinely experienced anxiety, you know, I remember I remember before I ever had a panic attack thinking like the people that had panic attacks were just being dramatic or trying to Mm -hmm. draw attention to themselves or, Mm -hmm. you know, I had no idea what that experience was actually like. So if you have people in your life who don't have anxiety, they really can't understand what you're going through. They really don't have a point of reference for that. And so that's going to be their well-intended advice is don't worry. But that actually isn't going to be a solution. Just stop feeling that way. Don't (laughs) have that emotion. Yeah. And, you know, that piece,
0: Laura, about, you know, if people haven't had that experience, it's, again, helpful. Like, you and I have struggled with uh, anxiety. So we can really get in touch with how to help a client through that. Yes.
1: Yeah. So. Plus, we're well-studied on all the research and ways. Yeah, we, we went to school for,
0: like, <laughs> eight years, too. But, you know, so, but the personal experience and that book experience are really helpful.
1: Yeah. So, I think that takes us to the end, Michelle. Did we cover all of it today? Probably not all of it. This is a huge conversation we could probably have for days. Yeah, what do we have for Z no. I, I, uh, Zoning out? No, no, no. We don't have anything yeah, else. Yeah, we so. don't. <laughs> So, as much as we talk about examining our thoughts and feelings and being cognitively aware of how we're moving through our lives, it's necessary for us to admit that we don't have all the answers. But we want to help be able to guide you to what your answers are. Um, and there's no dead ends in therapy. We can always explore and find meaning and and go deeper mm-hmm. with this stuff. Mm-hmm. So again. If you need a little help with managing anxiety or working through some things, you can find us at AcreLightTherapy.com and schedule your complimentary 20-minute consultation, or just send us an email if you have any questions, and we look forward to hearing from you. So I guess that wraps it up for today. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you here at Holding Ground next Monday on KKNW. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Holding Ground. You can find us here every Monday morning at 9 a.m. I'm Laura Richer, owner of Anchor Light Therapy Collective.
0: And I'm Michelle Mooney, a therapist at Anchor Light Therapy
1: Collective.
0: Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com.
1: We'll see you next week.